just off the Pelicans locker room in a small side office here in New Orleans on the night of Zion Williamson's NBA debut. 17 of his 22 points in a pretty raucous fourth quarter that I don't think anybody who was watching, certainly who was there, and least of all who was playing in the game will soon forget. Here's Zion Williamson. Zion, in that fourth quarter, when things start rolling, the roof is coming off of the building. What did that feel like for you after three months of rehab, after months prior to that draft night, to finally feel what that, what you always imagine the NBA might feel like on a night like this? Um, on a Wednesday night, game 45, um, I think for the crowd to come out and be like this, man, it was, it was more than I can ask for. Um, you know, the team was great that the fans came out and showed this love and support they did. But I think to finally get out there after months of rehab, because rehab sucks. Like, I think if you ask me, rehab is harder than the game. I mean, it's more frustrating. But I think to finally get through it and be able to get on the court with my guys, I mean, it was, it was refreshing. How much to Zion, not just the rehab, but the questions every single day. When, when, when is it going to be? Why aren't you ready yet? What happened to six to eight weeks? What's the toll that takes on you mentally? At first it bothered me, but then after a while it really didn't. Um, cause, you know, I kind of told myself, you know, I think if they're, if they're true supporters, then they're just going to stick with me no matter how long I'm out. But, uh, you know, I think six to eight, six to eight weeks is, just to, for the surgery to heal. It doesn't count in getting in in-game condition because it's not like you have surgery. You go straight into working for game condition. You know, it's six to eight weeks of it just healing, and then after it's healing, getting your body adjusted to game. And that's actually, that's the hardest part because you can't really simulate an NBA game. Zion, when you cut it to one, you've got 17 points in the fourth quarter. Tell me what happens on the bench that finally leads – Alvin Gentry to say, you're done for the night. You're out. T- tell me about that conversation there between you, medical staff, your head coach. It was tough. Uh, you know, when he pulled me, you know, he gave me the look like, yeah, I got to take you out. He said, I have to. And, you know, it was sickening, but I had to accept it. It's just part of this process. I mean, they told you there'd be a minute limit. And I think what, what Griff said to me was, as soon as they saw you look, as soon as you started to look tired, you had to come out. Did you feel gassed? It's a, even though you were playing well, did you feel gassed? Uh, the first three quarters, I uh, didn't really feel anything because it went by so fast. But in the fourth, uh, I did start to feel it a little bit, not a lot. Um, but I think that was just because uh, I was trying to win a game and do literally anything at the moment to help my team win. So, And then I knew that. When that buzzer went off, that it was going to be time for me to come out. And, but I didn't want it to happen. <laughs> you know, I know coach didn't really want it. I know I didn't want it. But got to look at longevity. To have that kind of fourth quarter, listen, you did it in the preseason. You were dominant there. But it's still the preseason, and it was still three months ago. How much more does it mean for you to walk out of this building tonight, given yourself, given the league, given your teammates – 17 of your 22 in the fourth. You know, after you had really spent those first three quarters kind of feeling feeling around, what, what, what does that mean to walk out of the building with that, even without the win? Um, 
I think it means that, uh, you know, my teammates can look for, you know, not just Brandon and Drew. I think they know that I'm an added closer. So I think when it comes down to stretch, teams are going to have a little more problems trying to handle us in the fourth quarter. And uh, I think they just saw my will to want to win. And I think they'll feed off that and I'll feed off them. And hopefully that can lead us to the playoffs. Last thing, Zion, you, and I think you've dealt with this your whole career from high school and Duke and now in the NBA. You look different than any other elite star player we've seen physically your height your weight your body how you play it's different and there's not necessarily like an easy comparable to it do you think it takes people time to get used to maybe train their eyes a little bit that whether it's your playing weight whether it's how you attack that like it just is going to look different with me and that's what makes me unique uh yeah, like you said, I'm I'm just unique. I'm one of one. Uh, there's really no comparison to me because I try to add every level to my game. Um, you know, my body, my body's just built different. You know, some people try to look at it as a weakness, but I look at it as a blessing because um, people aren't used to guarding this kind of size. Um, and I'm able to add a little finesse to my game so it has flavor. And I feel like I'm a playmaker so I can create for my teammates. And when I have to finish, I can go finish. Zion, thank you. We'll, we will see you soon, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. The Pelicans Executive Vice President of Basketball Ops, David Griffin. Griff, you know, one of 82, your team been playing well, but there was something else in the air tonight. You could feel the anticipation in this city just coming in today and anywhere you went, you felt it hurted and, and you had a building tonight kind of waiting for Zion Williamson to give them something, and it all came at once, and it got your team back in the game. You know, since the night, I remember standing with you the night of the draft lottery in New York, and, and when you won it, and, and I think knew you were going to take them. It's been a heck of a road to to this. Yeah, I, I mean, first of all, I'm really happy for him. We put him through far more rehab than he bargained for. We had a, a captive audience, as it were, uh, given the surgery, and we were able to do a lot more with him than I think he really anticipated. There were many times where I think he really struggled with just the sheer volume of rehab. Um, the fact that we continued to hold him out, I think, was challenging for him. So I was really happy for him tonight to see him get to have the moment that he'd been dreaming of. Um, I wish it would have come within the context of us playing any defense whatsoever tonight. But I, w- I was really grateful to see him get that moment and get it out of the way, quite frankly. I think people were pressing pretty hard tonight in a way that is not natural for us. I want to go back to that in a minute. But, Griff, the team he left in the preseason when he played at a very high level for you, he got better and better, shot over 70%. Did whatever he wanted, it felt, on the court in the preseason before the injury. But the team he returns to, Brandon Ingram has become an all-star. Lonzo Ball is playing the best basketball of his career. Drew Holiday is a player uh, that has done more than anybody else here in his NBA career. How different of a team did he come back into from what he walked out of three months ago? Yeah, the timing of this was good just in terms of how well guys are playing together. I also think it's going to throw a fairly large monkey wrench into Coach Gentry's rotations. It's going to be hard for guys to figure out exactly what that looks like. But, yeah, to your point, we are playing much better. 
I said at the time of the injury that I, I thought there would be a silver lining and it, it may be a blessing in disguise. And I think Brandon Ingram's progression and his ascent to being what I believe is an all-star, having the season he's had to this point in large measure probably happens because of the injury, because we have to rely so, so much upon him in terms of the offensive load. So we were able to work through some things maybe in that way that we wouldn't have been had he played. Now, obviously I prefer he played, but I, I think we were in a situation where we got to learn a lot about a lot of guys. Jackson Hayes played well more than he probably would have. Um, and I think we learned that there's a great future there. Lonzo Ball has been relied upon much more heavily than he probably would have. And Lonzo, and I would say Nico Melli are the two guys that probably were harmed the most by Zion's absence. So for Zion to come back when Lonzo's already playing at an incredibly high level, from that standpoint, the pieces lined up pretty well. What did you learn about Zion and the time away in the rehab? And you, you get to know a player better as you go on, and especially in the first year. What did you find out more about him than maybe you knew the day he walked in here? That's a great question. I feel like the one thing that you experience with him when he's watching games is just the sheer magnitude of his basketball IQ. We knew coming in that he had incredible pattern recognition, and we felt like he had a very high basketball IQ. But when you sit with him game after game and break things down post-game and hear the way he analyzes things, you knew we had something really special there. I also think now that he's playing, the one thing that I've come to believe very strongly during this period of time of his rehab, and I think I was probably there for all 14 weeks, he's going to be a leader in that locker room. He's going to be an alpha vocally in a way that we need. He wasn't doing it because he wasn't playing. So getting him into the rotation, I think, is going to be really meaningful. The time away, people are always going to look at Zion Williamson physically and say he doesn't look or move or appear like anything we've really seen out of an elite player. Is that something that it's just going to look different with him? Or is there anything you still need to be different with him? What what are still the goals you have for him physically and in in any way that maybe allows him to even elevate? I think for all players that come into the league the totality of their career, if we have them, they're going to be doing the types of things Zion was doing in a more in-depth way during his rehab. It just won't be as large a percentage of what he does. But for his career, he's going to need to address the underlying mechanical issues in his body. And when you say issues, that automatically becomes a negative. Every player in the NBA has a subset of mechanical issues. And if you address them throughout your career, you, you tend to have a longer, healthier career. And so I don't think this ends with it looks a certain way today. It's going to continue to evolve and get better. Grant Hill, by way of example, worked with Aaron Nelson after missing four years of basketball and felt better than he's felt in many, many years prior once he started doing the corrective exercises that are a part of the routine that Aaron takes guys through. Steve Nash had incredible success very late into his career because of it. So we feel like there's a template that exists where if you dedicate yourself to the craft and and to your actual routine, and every player's routine is going to be different, that you can really address a lot of things about yourself to put yourself in a more sustainable position. Griffin, the fourth quarter when he scored 17 points and he's brought you back and the roof is coming off the place, 
how is the decision made about when he's going to come out? Or was it already made and he just came out regardless of whether he scored 17 or 1? Yeah, so it was it was sort of predetermined that he was going to have four bursts that were not going to be any longer than a certain minute number. And it was going to be done by eyesight relative to our training staff. And when they saw him show fatigue, no matter where you were in that period of time, 17 points or no points, when when he shows fatigue, it's time to come out. And it's an automatic. And it's not something that I think the coaching staff was overly comfortable with, just conceptually, but I also don't really care. We spent 14 weeks putting him in position to have a sustainable future, and we're going to be very mindful of that moving forward. Last thing, Griff, that fourth quarter for him, for your team, listen, it's been hanging over you since draft night, getting him on the court, and to see him have a stretch like that, Remind people why he went number one. He has been gone a long time. His timing early in the game, some of the turnovers and just guys taking the ball away from him. You know, that that's what happens when you have not been in that. You can't simulate that game action no matter right, no matter how you practice. What do you think it meant for him, for all of you, for him to have that run and kind of just put it behind you and now be able to go play? And, and Yeah, I, I think it was big. And, and I think it was – Let's get it over with and let's move on to the next because we've got some really important games coming up. We need to start to make up some ground. And we put ourselves in a really bad position in terms of our standings. And a lot of that was, frankly, out of the control of anybody relative to the injury situation. I think we've played six games this year where we had six of our top eight rotational players not available. Well, that also compounded things relative to bringing Zion back. Because when you don't have enough healthy bodies to practice with NBA players and you're making do with coaches and with the guys that we had on two ways, it's really difficult. You can't simulate what the San Antonio Spurs are going to be able to do to you. And so there's nothing like game experience, and we're just happy he was able to get this one out of the way. And unfortunately, it came within the backdrop of a loss to a a team we needed to beat. And that's as much as I appreciate all of the hyperbole around Zion, Mm -hmm. we needed to win the game tonight. That's, That's what we're here for. And we didn't take care of business, and that's what's going to stick with me. Thanks, Griff. Appreciate it. Thanks, Wood. And finally tonight here in New Orleans, Pelicans head coach, Alvin Gentry. Alvin, fourth quarter of tonight's game of Zion's debut, he scored 17 of his 22 in the fourth. You've cut it to one. The roof's coming off your building. And and what happens then? What's the conversation on the bench with you and the medical staff, you and Zion, did you have a number in mind at that point where you knew you had gone as far as you could go? Or we do you did. guys have to talk about that? We did. And if there would have been a dead ball at any point there, I would have taken him out then. And that's why uh, I took a timeout so I could physically take him out of the game. It was tough to do, and it was <laughs> tough for him. He did not He did not want to hear that. But I think uh, for us, obviously we're looking long-term. And uh, it was it was tough for him because he felt like – you know, he really felt like he could help us win that game. And he probably could have, but I think we've got to also be smart about it. What did he say to you in the moment? Oh, I think he said something like, oh, come on, you know, I feel good, you know. I think we can win this game. I want to help us win this game. And I just had to be, you know, uh, <laughs> I had to be strong myself and <laughs> say, yeah, you probably can, but we've got to look at it long term. That fourth quarter, Alvin, for him – how important do you think it was with 
for him, for your group, for your fan base, for him to walk out of the building having shown every reminded everybody again why you took this guy number one yeah, I, I think it was extremely important and especially for the fans here you know everybody came to see him and i think you know at the start of the game he was deferring really and i that doesn't surprise me uh but when we put him in in the fourth we said just be aggressive don't worry about the mistakes you know just be you and play the way you feel like you can play and be successful and i thought he loosened up and uh I thought the guys told him, hey, you got to go do it. You know, you're deferring too much. We want you to be aggressive. And I thought when he did that and he started to play, even a couple of turnovers that he had uh, was fine. And I, I thought he did a great job. And if he's going to make those shots, we'll be more than fine. Trust me. <laughs> you know, How different of a team, Alvin, has he come back to from when he left in the preseason? Brandon Ingram has become an all-star. Lonzo Ball's playing the best basketball of his career. You know, Drew Holiday is the most accomplished player you have here. It sure looks like a very different group than when he left it in October. Uh, for sure it is. You know, like you said, I think, uh, Brandon has really done a great job of just expanding his game in all areas, uh, from the free throw shooting to the three point shooting to just being a guy that we could go to at the end of the game. As you said, I think Lonzo Ball is probably playing the best basketball of his career on any level uh so we've been really you know he's always a rebound or assist away from a triple double most nights so uh, he's doing exactly what we anticipated and so when you add zion to the mix i think we're going to be fine obviously drew knows uh, he's a veteran guy that can uh, find his way jj so uh, i think they will make him understand that they expect for him you know, to be aggressive and, and, and do some things for us. And I think it's just a matter of time before he'll do that. I think, Alvin, whenever you coach a new player as a coach, I think you sometimes try to look for comparables and what different coaches ran for different guys who are of similar players. And you, you, you kind of part of how you get ideas. What's been your comparable for Zion Williamson? It's really tough because I'm not really sure who that would be. You know, you would have to go all the way back to Charles Barkley, really, yeah. uh, the way uh, Charles played. But, you know, the rules were so different then and the, the whole game was so different then. So uh, I just think that he's one of those guys that, uh, you know, I think he can be, you know, part Draymond Green. I think he could be part a guy that takes the ball in the lane and score. But I look at him as being a guy that can facilitate you know, what we'd like to see him do. And he did it a couple of times tonight on his rebounds. I want him to be the guy that's pushing okay, it down yeah. and uh, either throwing ahead or making the play. So uh, we'll get to that stage. But uh, he's just such a fantastic athlete. And his second jump, I've never seen anything like it, really. The explosion you saw in college, what you saw in the preseason, did you see it again in these practices leading up, or do you think it's still coming? We we saw flashes of it by the end of the night. Yeah, I think it's still coming, you know, because I think with him, obviously, uh, being in an NBA game is the first time he's played against competition this level on an opposite team. So uh, I think he's got to trust it. You know, he's got to gain the trust back. Uh, on his jumping and, you know, they work a lot with his landing so he can take some of the force off his landing. So, uh, you know, this is all new to him, but as I said to somebody, he's such a smart basketball player, uh, that he's going to accept anything that the medical guys are going to tell him and he's going to really work on it. So I think this is going to do nothing but help him in the end. Being around 
Zion and all that has come with him, does it feel like you're around the phenomenon? That's what it is. The interest in him, the attention that anything you guys do with him creates. Um, does it feel like a phenomenon? Uh, definitely does. You know, cause I mean, I've been privileged to, you know, to be around David Robinson and Tim Duncan and I've been around, you know, Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire. I've been around Chris Paul. I've been around, I mean, obviously Steph and Clay and that group and, uh, I've never seen anything like it really, you know. I would only compare it to maybe a LeBron James situation when he first came into the league because, you know, he was such a phenomenon himself, uh, as a 17 year old. And so here you get a guy 19 year old and I've never seen it. Whatever city we go to, whatever, you know, appearance we go to, all everyone wants to do is see him. How much does it weigh on a team? Last year it was the AD thing. Is he playing? Is he suited up? Is he gonna, it was a different thing, but, but it's a constant question. And then this year, the question has been when? Why is it taking so long? Does it put a weight on a team when everyone's got to answer about it every day when he's not playing? Oh, I think so. You know, I think so. Uh, we were never going to, uh, do anything except take the, you know, the conservative approach to it. Uh, but everyone was like, I thought you guys said six weeks and why is it eight weeks and now it's 10 weeks and, you know, and, uh, we just knew that we were never going to put him out there until we were absolutely sure, you know, uh, that we figured he was ready to go. But it does weigh on you because everybody's like, when is he playing? When is he playing? So now that I think that's done and over with, uh, I think it'll be fine. You know, I think he can really kind of settle back in and, and I think our team can settle back in. Alvin, thanks, uh, thanks for jumping in here. I appreciate it. On to Denver. On to Denver, you know. <laughs> I, I think this will be a little more relaxed this time because I think, you know, just the initial one with him playing. But uh, he's a great kid, and I, and, and he's a fun, fun kid to coach. Thanks, Alan. All right, thank you.